Hey, thanks for joining us today. We're so glad that you came. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I want to just like dance. I want to like walk down to it, you know? So I try not to. <laughs> uh, so today's another good special day because um, is Larry and Dee here today, LivTech? Are they here today? No? Oh, I had lunch with them this week and it's their 65th wedding anniversary this week. So that's awesome. And uh, also, yesterday, uh, as you guys know, we're we have made a commitment, you know, that we feel like God is behind and wants us to do to missions this year. And we give to all kind of different missions, uh, overseas missions, but also local uh, missions as well. And yesterday, uh, one of our crews led a fundraiser, if you will, a march for uh, OR, which is a organization that helps to end sex slavery. And so uh, we are just honored and privileged to be a part of this and to do this. And I'm thankful for this group, um, for Donna Sims and Libby and all the other helpers that they had. Um, can you guys just give it a round of applause for all the work that they did with that yesterday? Um, for, for, <laughs> that is awesome. So, and thank you for you there too. So thank you, both of you. So thanks for helping. Um, all the uh, money that we raised yesterday will go towards helping the, this uh, end, right? And so there's a lot of things that we, we support and sponsor that are great causes. And if you want to get involved, maybe you didn't know about it yesterday, or maybe you just want to make a donation, I want to encourage you, and even as a church, to get behind this vision. I believe that when we tithe, God will bless us tremendously. But when we give even above that, even more blessings will come. And uh, not just for... <clears throat> ourselves but for the other people that we're giving to and the opportunity that we have and by the way we can't take it to heaven with us right but we could take those blessings with us and the souls and lives that will be changed will be uh, impacted for eternity and so i want to just encourage you if you weren't able to um, come yesterday and you say you know what, i would give to that just go on our app or our website uh, click on giving and then scroll instead of tidings there's another tab that says missions and just Click on that and uh, give that there. And you could do that on a regular basis. Say you want to do a little bit above your tithes uh, and just start giving more to missions. You can add that on as a repeating as well. Or if you want to give a one-time donation, that's great too. Um, so uh, just a great opportunity for all of us to get involved in missions and, and helping people find Jesus. <laughs> right? So there's a lot of organizations besides us that are going to reach people. But we're going to reach people too. So... Isn't that great? How many people are glad that, that Jesus found you and that uh, there's somebody that shared him with you? <clears throat> but today, I want to talk to you today about fence walkers and backsmackers. All right? That's the name of my, that's the title of my message today. Fence walkers and backsmackers. You know, uh, although sometimes it's difficult to make big decisions, and we should take our time, like... Oh, I don't, who am I going to marry, right? When you're single, 
who am I gonna make? What am I gonna do with my life? You know, I have teenagers and young adults that are really processing. What am I gonna do with my life? There's a lot of pressure, especially, you know, to say, what are you gonna do? Where are you gonna go to college? What are you gonna be? And I don't know. I don't even know what I want to eat for breakfast, right? So what am I gonna know for if I want to do for my career? And there's a lot of like uh, times, you know, that there's pressure to try to make these decisions and can cause uh, just this um, <laughs> indecisiveness. And indecisiveness might be okay. Uh, for certain occasions, like I said, for who you're going to marry or what you're going to do with your life or the cheesecake factory menu because it's so big. But there are a lot of things that when we get indecisive about different things, um, we may, uh, when we get indecisive about little things, we start to do this fence walking. I'll just give you an example. When I was in seventh grade, (laughs) a lot of people don't know this, but you're about to, um, I decided, for whatever reason, to join the swimming team at my school. My high school had an indoor pool, Olympic-sized pool, I believe, with diving boards. And, you know, when I got there, they needed some more divers, so I was like, oh, yeah, I'll dive. And so, <laughs> so I got my little speedo on. Please don't picture this, right? But, you know, and I'm going out for the diving team, and the coaches, you know, teach me how to do these different dives, and I'm dives, and I'm picking them up. I pick up a couple of them pretty well. And a few of them, I start to go into competitions against other schools and <clears throat> doing okay. <clears throat> but you have to do three dives, and I only had two of them down really well. And um, the third one, I didn't, could, I didn't really have a good one. And so he, at practice, was trying to, my coach was trying to teach me how to do this other dive. And it was a re- called a reverse dive, where you, like, go off the diving board, you spring, you jump out, and then you have to dive back into the water, right? And so I could do the opposite, where you jump backwards and dive in, but I couldn't, you know, run out, jump out, and then throw myself back into the water, you know, hands first, head first. And so, you know, at practice, he's like, oh, yeah, you can try it. And I tried it. And, um, but he's, he was very specific. He's like, if you're going to do this, you've got to go all in. You can't just do it, you know, you know halfway. You can't, uh, you know, just kind of like, oh, I'll be able to do this. You have to, like, just commit. To this thing. And so, you know, I'm in seventh grade probably, and <laughs> I'm like, I, yeah, okay, okay. So I'm going off this thing, and sure enough, I go up, smack my back right on the, right on the water, right? Not once, not twice, not three times. So many times, my back was so red, and my coach felt so sorry for me. He's like, here, use my hoodie, <laughs> and that'll help absorb some of the impact. It still hurt even with a hoodie, but, uh, and I tried again and again, and he's like, You've got to commit. You've got to go all in. And I just, in my mind, I think, yeah, I can do it. And I'd be up there, and now I'm getting nervous, more nervous the more I try to do it because now my back is red and hurting. And now I'm like, I, I can do this, I can do this. But in my mind, I'm like, maybe I can't because my back is tight and I can't. And I tried again and again. I never could get this dive down. It kept getting smacked again and again and again. Walking on fences and backs backsmacking or indecisiveness of not committing, of not going all in, is dangerous. It can lead to pain and suffering. And likewise, it can be the same way with our walk with God. When we choose to walk on both sides of the fence, so to speak, one foot on the side of the things of the world and the other foot on the side of things for God, uh, where does that leave the middle? (laughs) Kind of exposed on the fence. And sooner or later, you're going to trip. 
sooner or later, you're going to fall. And a lot of times, we as Christians, we as people, say, I love God so much, I want to give my life to him, and I love him, and you know, you know what I'm talking about, his times in your life, he's been so good to me, and I'm all in, and maybe you've even been baptized, and I'm, I'm going all in for God, and then, and then, you know, and then all of a sudden, something happens where, wow, that looks enticing, and you're like, oh, but I want that too over on the other side of the fence. Oh, the things over there on that side of the fence, the, aka the world, are, um, you know, sin or temptation or, or, or different things like that. So, oh, that looks, that looks good too. I want that too. And we find ourselves wanting the best of both worlds, but committed to neither. And walking on this fence that leads to pain and agony. I want to encourage you today that, there, that God wants us to go all in. In fact, if we don't go all in, it's going to hurt. In James 4.4, 4, the Bible says it this way. It says, you adulterous people, this is the NIV, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. I want to share another translation. This is the message. It does a lot of paraphrasing. It says it like this. James says, you are cheating on God if all you want is your own way. Flirting with the world every chance you get, you end up enemies with God and his way. This, these scriptures are powerful. They're, they're, they're heartfelt, right? They're, you, all of us can relate to this, right? We've all been fence walkers. We've all wanted the best of both worlds. We all at times say, yeah, I really love God, but oh, I can't. I'm, and for whatever reason, we fall to this or we choose, a bad, we make a bad decision and get into the things. And just to clarify, the world doesn't mean, because some people say, well, I thought God loved the world. They say, because the Bible says, I, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. But this, that world is talking about people, that he loves the people. But this world is talking about the things of the world, things that destroy us, like um, sin and, tempt, you know, other temptation and you know i could give you hundreds of examples right and we've we're like i said last week we don't need to do a message on how to sin because we're all really good at it um and so that word world is talking about the things of the world the ways of the world the ways of the culture and our behaviors and the bible says here that if we live if we are trying to be friends with the world that means there's enmity with god what does that mean enmity means strong hatred or enemies so I want to make sure that we have this very clear of what the scriptures and what God is trying to tell us today. He's trying to tell us that if we are friends with the world, we are not friends with God. Now I'm not saying about, I'm not talking about people. You can be friends with people. I'm talking about the things of the world, the ways of the world. The opposite's just as true. If we're friends with God, we're going to be enemies with the things of the world. Because the world and God are at enmity with each other. They're enemies. They are going in opposite directions. God's ways are leading to holiness and perfection and all things good, full of life and love. The world in all its ways are leading to destruction, failure, and death. They are going in opposite directions. One leads to holiness. One leads to hurt and pain. They're in conflict with one another. 
And so we often, too, find ourselves in conflict inside, in this inner turmoil with one another. I want God, I love God, but man, the things of the world, I kind of like them too. And we find ourselves in this, we all have found ourselves in this, this spot, this fence-walking spot, where we're going to end up getting hurt. Jesus and the world are at war with one another. In fact, the whole reason that Jesus had to come to earth to die on the cross for us was to pay for the consequences that a lifestyle in the world brings us. Anybody with me? Jesus came to save us from the things of the world, not to give us permission to dabble in them. The Bible says in 1 John 2, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. The love of the Father is not in those who love the world, for all that is in the world, the desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, the pride in riches, comes not from the Father, but from the world. And the world and its desires are passing away, but those who do the will of God live forever. This Bible is very clear here. It's time for us as a church to stop being fence walkers. We can't have the best of both worlds. We, in fact, there is no best in this world, by the way. That's, an, that's a mirage, that's a, that's a trick, that's a lie. We must choose to live all in for God or not. Joshua said it like this in the Old Testament. He says, choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the God of the Amorites in whose land you are living or the gods of your forefathers that came before us. You can choose to serve all these other different gods. You can serve, choose as you will to serve the world and, and, and please yourself in the world and please yourself, period. Uh, you could do all these things, but the Bible says, choose this day whom you will serve, whether you choose all these things or if you're going to choose God. And then Joshua says, but as for me and my house, come on, you guys have seen this on a lot of door frames and houses, right? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, right? If you don't go all in, it's going to hurt. Sin hurts. These choices hurt. When we try to walk this fence, it hurts. Remember, a great step. Maybe you're here today and you've never made that step of baptism yet, like my nieces just did, where they said, hey, I am turning my back on this side, on the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I am choosing to live now for God in my choices. It doesn't make, mean that they'll never mess up. It doesn't mean that they're going to be perfect, but it means that I'm going all in for God. I'm going after him in his ways, not my ways and everybody else's. <clears throat> in the message translation, how do we do this then? How do we, so uh, if I had to raise a hand, but you don't have to raise your hands, like how many of you here in this place would say, I, uh, am, I have a hard time with this. I, I want to please God, I want to live for God, but I just find this other stuff in my life, these old habits, these old uh, temptations, they keep haunting me, they keep coming back, right? There's this wrestle going on. Anyone? You don't have to really raise your hands. But 
I think we could all say that's the case, right? And even Paul in the New Testament said it. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this snare of death? He's talking about, I want to do, please God, but what I want to do, I end up not doing. I end up doing the very thing I don't want to do. And he goes on this whole whole thing, and he's like wrestling. And you can see this wrestle that even he's having as one of the writers of the New Testament. And uh, I have that, and you have it. And so how can we do this? How can we go all in for God when we know that these temptations can be strong, that they can be um, loud, and everybody else is saying it's okay, and, uh, you know, it's all over the, you know, it's, it, it, we have all these things, all these temptations. How can we do this? And I think the answer here is found in the, in the following verses in James chapter 4, verse 7. In the message translation, it says it like this. So let God work his will in you. This is number one. If you want to go all out for God, then let God work his way in you. Stop putting up a wall against him. I loved what uh, Peyton said this morning. He's like, she's like, God wanted to speak to me, but I didn't let him. Right? So I started reading my Bible. I started uh, praying more. And all of a sudden, God starts speaking. Right? Sometimes uh, we don't la- go all in because we don't allow God time. We don't allow God to have his way in our lives. We're so busy, we're so uh, focused on other things that we don't have time to say, God, just have your way in me. And even more, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a heart attitude, it's a posture that our spirit, our mind should be contrite before the Lord, broken before the Lord. Not, I know what I want to do with my life, don't tell me what to do, God. But the opposite, where we say, God, I am yours, I need your help. Right? So if you want God to help you in this, to go all in, and not to have to keep backsmacking or falling on the fence, the first step you need to do is ask God, God, have your way in my life. I surrender to you. I submit to you. Second thing it says here, so let God work his will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Now, we know the enemy comes to tempt us. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, the Bible says. And he is constantly at work behind the scenes. And there's different times in our lives that we, we, we all of a sudden realize, man, why am I feeling like this? Or why is this all happening? Or, and we realize an enemy must have done this or is doing this. And we have the power and the authority because Jesus Christ lives in us to say a resounding loud no to the enemy. And in fact, I wanted to speak a, a loud no in some of your lives right now. Some of you have been um, uh, taunted by him in your mind. Some of you, he's been saying things and lying to you, filling you with different thoughts that are not of God. And you need to step up and say, in the name of Jesus, no more enemy will I have this confusion. No more will I have these lies. Some of you have been overwhelmed with uh, depression and anxiety. In the name of Jesus, I come up against anxiety and depression in this place and say no more. Some of you in this place have, have uh, the enemy has, has, has gone at your self-worth and told you that, you, see, you're not going to make it. You're, you're not any good. And I want to tell you that Jesus inside of you is greater than the one that's in the world. And he has a plan and purpose for your life. He loves you. He made you on purpose for a great purpose. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You were made to do great things because Jesus is great within you. So allow God to rise up within you and push back and say no when the enemy comes and puts these thoughts in your lives. 
So number one, let God work his will. My posture should be contrite before him. Number two, yell no to the devil. And number three, it says, it goes on, it says, yell a loud, a loud no to the devil and watch, it, watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. Again, God, I want your will, your ways. And then it goes, quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Isn't that something? <laughs> James is telling us. He's writing this to the church. He's writing that to us. He's saying, guys, you can't be friends with both God and the world. It just doesn't go. Stop dabbling and put your toes into the world. The very thing that God rescued you from. Get out of it. So the third one is that we need to say yes to God in his ways. Stop dabbling in the things of the world. Maybe you're here today and you're like, yeah, but I've tried. <laughs> I want to just tell, remind you, keep trying. Some of you say, well, I've been doing this for decades. I can't seem to break this habit in my life. I want to say to, back to you, keep fighting. Keep asking God for help. Keep turning to him. And turn to others that you can trust with help. Whether it's a crew leader or a pastor or a friend. Talk to somebody about it. A lot of times we won't share our deepest secrets because we're ashamed, we're ashamed of our sin. And, or because we don't want them to think less of us. Or we'll be embarrassed if everybody knows that I struggle with whatever it is, right? And that's another lie of the enemy. The, the thing is, is that every single person in this place struggles with something. I didn't hear a lot of amens on that one. So, you know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> we all struggle with something. And we need each other's help and prayers. And God will help us too. So get help. But to go all in, you need, you've got to go all in or it's going to hurt. So as I was uh, prepping this message, I, um, you know, it's just kind of, in a kind of prayer slash sleep state, if I'm honest. And I just felt God really just put these, drop these thoughts into my head. Because I was like, God, you know, I'm preaching a message that is for me as much as it is for anybody else here. And it's like, what do you, what do you have me to say here? Like, this is, this is hard stuff. This is, this is, uh, it's tough, right? We're, we all, to some degree, have been fence walkers or back smackers, right? We haven't committed all the time. And at times we're all in and times we're, eh, you know, half-hearted Christians and, uh, you know, struggle at times. And, you know, I, I thought of a, a sports team. If you have a person that's half-hearted on your sports team, you don't want them on your team. But if you have somebody that's all in, even if they're horrible, <laughs> whatever sport it is, you want them because just that energy creates energy for the people that are actually good, <laughs> you know, and creates this momentum. And so we've got to have this other, but anyways, I was sitting there, God just dropped this, this word in my heart and just kind of reminded me that, Rich, tell the church and yourself that you're intertwined. We're intertwined with both God and the world in so many different ways. And this is not a good thing. We have a lot of God and we have a lot of the world all wrapped together. And it's so deep in us that it's not just in our actions of sin, 
but it goes deeper into our thought processes. It goes deeper into our heart issues. It goes all throughout our even being. And even the lenses that we see from, we think, oh, I'm really good, but we don't even realize that we're intertwined with the things of the world. But God also dropped another thought into my mind and said that I am the God that saves. I am the God that redeems, that saves. And you could try on your own to untangle. I have uh, some yarn here Cindy gave me that's all intertwined, right? This ball of yarn, small ball of yarn. It's all intertwined. The world and God mixed together. And that's how some of your hearts may feel right now and how your life may be living right now. It's like kind of just mixed together. And God is saying, there's another scripture that says, come out from them and be separate. Right? That's what we're talking about, making holiness cool again. Come and be separate. Being set apart for God. Be set apart. Come out from this. And, and God is the one that untangles, right? He's the one that separates. He's the only one that can do this, right? Not us. He's the one that comes and fixes our hearts and he fixes our our mindsets and our thought processes. He's the one that brings revelation. You know, for years we thought, oh, I believe this, I believe this. And then all of a sudden God shows us something and we're like, whoa, I didn't realize I had lived it wrong all, those, all that time. I was so intertwined with wrong teaching and I was intertwined and God wants us to be separate. He wants us to be separate. He doesn't want us like a mix. That'd be like impure, muddy contaminated. He wants us pure, set apart. We should want to be set apart. We should want to be pure. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God is wanting to untangle us today. And so we're going to take just a moment here. We're not going to rush out of here right quick. And I want you just to be real with the Lord and confess some things to him, not to one another at this time or to me. I want you just between you and God to be real and say, God, I know that I, I want to please you. I want to be contrite. I want to do things your way, but I find myself also trying to do things my way or the world's ways. And it's been intertwined in my heart, in my mind, in my life. I can't seem to separate it. I can't come apart. And so I'm asking you to rescue me again. Come on, would you just say that prayer to the Lord? Would you just start allowing him to show you even some of the areas in your heart and in your life that have become so convoluted? Ask the worship team to come. And I want to allow, uh, there's some special things going on in this place. As we get into worship here, as the team comes here in a sec, I want to open up this place, uh, this altar. If you want prayer to come, even on your own, 
and just say, God, I, I want to lay this flesh down. I want to lay this temptation down. I want to lay this burden down. Whatever it is that you're intertwined with, I want to encourage you to lay it down, whether you come up to the altar, which is a great step of faith, and I believe that God will honor that and help you. Or if you do it at your chair or your pew, I mean, or in your heart, take a minute to really allow God to purify, to separate. And this week, depend on Him. God, I'm yours. I'm your child. You're, I'm the one you rescued. I need you to rescue me from this trap again. Do you know he's so good at doing that, isn't he? And he will do it again and again and again and again. God is wanting to untangle you. He's here today to do that. With everybody's heads closed, uh, heads bowed and eyes closed again, if you're here today, maybe you say, you know what, I've never had a relationship with Jesus. And today I realize that I've been doing things my way and realize that there's a better way. I want to encourage you that God has a much better way for your life. And he loves you. And so if you're here today and that's you and you say, you know what, I want to invite Jesus to be in my life. I, I, want, to, I want to live for him. If that's you with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, would you just lift your hand high enough so I can see it? And say, I need Jesus in my life. I see your hand. Anybody else? I see your hand. Anyone else? I want you to say this prayer with those that are raising their hands today. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need your help. I know I've done things my own way, and I've gone the wrong way. So today, I confess my need for you. I ask that you forgive me for all the things that I've ever done wrong. Clean me. Purify me. I believe that you died on the cross so that I could be made right and so I can have a relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you did that today for the first time or you recommitted your life, please connect with us. You can text us at 444-2100, area code 315, or you can email us online and check us out there. But let's go, go right from here into this moment of worship and, and ask God, God, what is in my heart, what is in my life that still needs to be separated? There's such an intertwining in, in, in the things. We live in a, in a fallen, broken world, and it's all around us, and we get uh, inundated all the time with uh, not just propaganda, but with um, emotions and uh, feelings and, and all these pressures. And God wants us to be separate from that. We're a royal priesthood, a holy nation set apart to do the will of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? In other words, we don't have to be like everybody else. Come on, come on, let's stand to your feet. Let's worship Jesus. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's message. We want you to know that God wants a personal relationship with you. If you've never had that relationship with him, today is a great day to start. You can do that simply by saying, Lord Jesus, say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I've walked my own way. I've done my own things. I've done what's wrong in your sight. 
And so today I ask that you forgive me for those things. I believe that Lord God, you sent your son Jesus to come and die on the cross to take the place for the penalties that I owed. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for taking my place. And thank you, God, that right now that you are cleansing me from all unrighteousness and everything I've done wrong that has separated me from you. Help me now, Jesus, to have a relationship with you forevermore. Amen. Hey, if you do that today, we're so excited for you. Please reach out to us. Let us know. We'd love to help you in your next steps with Jesus.